lessening distance as dark locks in. <laughs> Nightfall. Good evening. Tonight's play is a new adaptation of the classic short story by Robert Louis Stevenson, the original Body Snatchers. Down the close and up the stair, but and Ben with Buck and Hare. Buck's the butcher, Hare's the thief. Knocks the man that buys the beef. <laughs> it is thirty years since I last saw that kind of beef lying still. Oh, so still on its slab. But the rain brings back the sights. Thirty years since I was a student of medicine in the schools of Edinburgh. The greatest ornament of all the town was a certain professor of anatomy, a Dr. Knox. You'll call his name to mind, perhaps. When all was done and known, the very children cried it in the streets. And he, God help me, he picked me for a likely lad. A very pretty dissection, Mr. Fettis. It's a rare delight when a student can not only find the brain, but has one. Thank you, sir. I cannot tell you what an honor it is. Oil of clothes is for the toothache, Mr. Fettis. You may spare me your compliments. I have decided to appoint you second demonstrator, which is to say sub-assistant for the anatomy class. Well, thank you, sir. You'll be responsible to Mr. Wolf McFarlane here, our demonstrator. The two of you are acquainted, I believe. Uh, we shall know each other better, sir. Congratulations, Fettis. Thank you, McFarlane. I swear I'll give you no cause for regret, Dr. Knox. You'll be moving your lodgings, Mr. Fettis, to nearby here in the close. We sometimes have night business, and you'll need to watch sharp for the call. Uh, night business, sir. Come now, Mr. Fettis. You know as well as I do that our only legal cadavers come to us from the public hangman. Be he never so busy, he couldn't supply the half of our needs. But there are always the poor. Uh, but ask no more questions for conscience' sake. McFarlane, instruct your assistant. Yes, sir. You'll move here tonight, Fettis, and remember... Uh, sir? Be ready for visitors. Mr. 
visitors. Did you hear old Knox say visitors in the night? And I not ready for them, does he think? <laughs> He'll be as ready for them as ever you were for a wench. But yeah, I... speaking of which, observe. Observe. Our fair serving maid, succulent Jane Galbraith. <laughs> oh, Jane? Everybody's Jane. Observe Miss Galbraith as she negotiates her way among the tables laden with tankards and bottles. Hey, hey, observe her fine behind us. <laughs> imprecise, lad, imprecise. You actually observe the relation of her gluteus maximus muscles to her sacrum and coccygeal bones. How is the latter sheep vertical? Yeah, the former flex and bounds horizontally. <laughs> Bravo, laddie. You have observed how Latin may decorate a tart, eh? Take a degree. Oh, take a degree. Oh, no, he Oh, what are you doing with such black company as McFarlane there? Go and look at his viper eye, and I feel somebody's footsteps walking on my very grave. Well, I'd rather walk to a warmer place for laying you down, Jane. Don't be sexting in my church, Chad, when you will. Well, all right, I'll do that. Resurrection, men. Hmm? What, what you say? Grave robbers. You know, Fettis, our Lord's remains would be precious little use to us. What are you saying, man? Why, my, those remains were only available on the third day. <laughs> McFarlane, hmm? has it ever occurred to you that God might strike you dead in the street? <laughs> God and his angels slept, and so did I, until one night, in the blackest dark before the dawn, the promised visitors arrived at last. Ah, good morning, your honor. Dr. Fettis, is it? Mr. Fettis, since you know my name, you must know I'm only a student. Well, get in here, both of you, and what you have with you. My uh, friend here, sir, uh, my uh, living friend, is Mr. Buck. <coughs> Your honor's servant. No servant of mine. And I'm Mr. Hare, sir. My other friend, the silent one here, was poor old Sally. Your honor would be wanting her unwrapped, of course, before you'd be naming a price, Mr. Buck. The fixings, if you please. Right. Stinks of gin. Ah, she died with her last glass still in her hand, God bless her, and all the world a rose of light. Sure, God is kind to his poor, sir. Yeah, she's fresh. How much? Fresh, did you see? She's still warm. A poor old soul we gave a bed to, sir, to keep her from the streets. She was took of a sudden in the night. Yeah, we keep a lodge in yeah, the I house can do without your explanations. Yeah. Seven pounds ten. For such a fine, fresh cadaver, Your Honor. Surely now. Take the money or go whistle for it. I don't bargain with resurrection men. That's a hurtful name to be saying, sir. And it's blasphemy, too. Mr. McFarlane was giving us a shilling a pound when it was fresh like this. She's worth more than you're offering. Seven pounds ten. Well, seeing as you're new, sir, we'll take the offer. Mm. Good. Here, then. Burke, here. Sir? Mm. Are you, then, 
Butchers that you price your meat so nicely. Oh, why, sir, tis you that's the butchers. I beg your pardon. That's you. We only deliver the meat. Tis you that slices it up. <laughs> <laughs> I barred and bolted the street door behind them. And then I went and was sick below the stairs. My accommodation itself was lofty and spacious, but as the weeks went by, the very walls closed in about me, breathing complicity with empty graves and more. And then, one night... Merciful God. Oh, merciful God. You know, sir. You know her. Uh, uh, surely not, sir. That's Jane Galbraith. <clears throat> she was alive and hearty yesterday. It's impossible she can be dead. Uh, sure, sir. You're mistaken entirely. I know her, I tell you. And what's wrong with her neck? It's impossible you should have got this body fairly. Well, now, Mr. Fettis, that's a dangerous accusation to be making. A very dangerous accusation indeed. We dug her up. Six feet under she was. It's you that's so firm they be fresh, Mr. Fettis. A body you ordered, a body you got. A bargain's a bargain. And uh, you'll notice Mr. Burke is between you and the door. So best you pay up straight now. Here, very well. Here's your money. Now go. How much? Ten pounds. Now get out of here. There now, Mr. Burke. Wasn't it myself told you he was a real gentleman? Fettis! <laughs> Fettis! And there's Mr. McFarlane wanting you, Mr. Fettis. We'll be off now. The world and his wife will be up and about any minute. Fettis, Dr. Knox wants that preparation of spirits of alcohol ready for the morning class. Uh, did I hear the street door close? It was uh, a night delivery. Huh, good. And now, as for this morning's class... McFarlane. Hmm? Look at her face. Why, you're not... Oh, I see. Jane Galbraith. You take it very coolly. Well, should I not? There's a... There's a mark on the base of the neck. Look. Second cervical vertebra. Shattered. Hey, it looks fishy. Well, what do I do? Do? Well, why do you want to do anything? At least said, soonest mended, I should say. Well, someone might recognize her. We'll hope not. And if anybody does, well, you didn't, you see, and there's an end. But there's the law, the police. Oh. As to that, I should like to know how any of us would look, or what the devil we should have to say for ourselves in any Christian witness box. For me, you know, there's one thing certain, that practically speaking, all our subjects have been murdered. McFarlane! Come now. As if you hadn't suspected it yourself. Well, suspecting is one ah, thing, but... And proof another. Aye, I know. And I'm as sorry as you are for Jane should have come to this. But the next best thing is not to recognize it. And I don't. I think a man of the world would do as I do. Would he now? And... And what kind of a world... Would he be a man of, then? Fettis. We, Fettis. 
Why do you suppose Knox chose us two for his assistance? Hmm? And I answer, because he didn't want old wives. <laughs> old wives! <laughs> old wives! <laughs> There's my lad. A man of the world must take his humor where he finds it, eh? <laughs> God in heaven, who's that? Quick, cover her up and take hold of your nerves. Who is it? It's me, Richardson. What the hell do you want? You know anatomy class doesn't start for two hours yet. Let him in, man, let him in. What? <laughs> Little Richardson won't bite. And we are here to help the students. Hmm? <laughs> It's seven in the morning, Richardson. What do you want? Well, uh, I want, uh, that is, a need. Oh, speak up, damn you. I need a head. Are you mad? No. That is, body. You've got a new body. Oh, wonderful. Here, let me look. No. Hands off, you bloody fool. Hands off, I say. Sorry, sorry, intruding bloody fool. Now, now, that is... Poor Richardson's just a trifle over-eager, that's all. <laughs> we must not censure zeal. I only want it. Of course, of course. I'm afraid this head is out of the question, unfortunately. It's, uh, it's already spoken for. Oh, yes. I see. I, I do understand. Uh, Richardson, I, I beg your pardon for losing my temper. I am... Uh, I am a man of the world again, and none too soon. Richardson, I call Fetters here to witness. You shall have our very next head. I shall. As I am an honest man. Oh, Mr. McFarlane, thank you, thank you. A head all for myself. My very own head. In a day... In but one day, Jane Galbraith was disposed of in the usual way. And I, I hardened my heart and drank a nights as hard as ever I worked by day. In our tavern, there was another girl to serve us. And one night, beside McFarlane, there sat a stranger... A small man, very pale and dark, with cold black eyes. He did not improve upon acquaintance, but he exercised a very remarkable control over McFarlane. Leave? Leave already? But a pup, Toddy dear, the night is but a pup. Come along now. Or do your friend set his here another nap of whiskey? Order up, Toddy. Don't call me that. Affection, Toddy dear. A mere term of affection. My name is Wolf McFarlane. Use it. Isn't he a naughty Toddy, Mr. Fettis? Landlord, another rum and water for me and a hot Toddy for Mr. McFarland here. And bring him the bill. You'll use that name again. Mr. Fettis, you mean to say that darling Toddy here has never mentioned me. Never once. Well, uh, uh, no, sir, not, not that I recall. Toddy, dear, 
and heart, worse than heart, offended. After all we've been through together, hold your tongue, Gray. He and I share certain common uh, pleasures, Mr. Baptist. At least I provide, and he enjoys them. Huh? Shut up, damn you! Never told you about those, I'll wager, has he, Mr. Pettis? You see, little... Uh, McFarlane, for God's sake, man. Uh, do not fret yourself, Mr. Pettis. He and I often exchange these little love taps, but he finds them costly. Yeah, Toddykins? Landlord, your lamb and venison dinner with all the trimmings. And the best wine in the house. The bill to my purple-faced friend here. Aye, sir. <laughs> Look at him, Mr. Fettis. He hates me, you know. See how my little darling hates me. Have I spoiled your appetite, Toddy? Why, no, Gray. As a matter of fact, you've just given me one. By the time we separated, Gray was incapably drunk, and I tottered home myself with devious footsteps, dimly wondering that McFarlane was still cold sober. Next day he was absent from class, and I chuckled to myself. Yes, I actually did that, to think of poor Toddy still squiring the intolerable Gray from Tavern the tavern. By evening, I was still a wee bit uh, fragile, you see. So uh, I went early to bed and slept the sleep of the just. Until. I'm coming. Damn you, I'm coming. Please, dear Lord, let there be honest earth on this one. McFarlane, you? Me. Have you been out alone? You might say I have. Now stop staring and give me a hand. Digging up a grave by yourself? Oh, in heaven's name, did you manage it? Never mind, damn you. Oh, up on the slab. Ah, here, I'll get the door. But where and how did you come by it? Strong as you, but I'd never... The bolt, you bloody fool! I was just going to snap it, McFarlane. What the hell's the matter with you? Oh, I'm sorry, Fettus. My nerves are playing me up. I'm much better now. Well, you'd, you'd best be home to bed then and let me get back to mine. I think first you'd better look at the face. Well, why should I... Why should I do that? Because you know who it is, dear Fettus. But you'll never sleep until you're absolutely sure now, will you? Look at the face. Look at the face. Oh, God. Oh, God. God. You see, Fattis, you did know. You're weeping for such scum as Grey. To see him naked in rigor mortis on a slab... The man I left well clad and, and full of meat and sin. 
on the threshold of a tavern. That is... What a barren year, after all. The weaker the heather got its clutches on you yet. <laughs> Enough of that. We must have business. See that Richardson has the head. The poor fool will probably kiss you. And talking of business, you must pay me. Your account, remember, must tally. Pay you? Pay you for that? Why, yes, of course you must. By all means, and on every possible account, you must. I dare not give it for nothing. You dare not take it for nothing. Mr. Gray is the continuation of Miss Galbraith. You can't begin and then stop. If you begin, you must keep on beginning. <laughs> There's the truth. <laughs> no rest for the wicked, you see. My God. What have I done? And when did I begin? To be made a class assistant in the name of reason, where was the harm in that? My dear fellow, at the first, of course, you staggered. <laughs> but you're clever. You have pluck. I like you. And Knox likes you. You were born to lead the hunt. I tell you, on my honor, three days from now, you'll laugh at these pale scarecrows like a, a schoolboy at a fast. You'd better go home to your bed, Mr. McFarlane. I'll get Gray ready for the students in the morning. Above all else, Mr. Fettis, the head to little Richardson. Did you see his eyes when I promised it? Do you think anyone will recognize Gray? <laughs> Not five minutes after Richardson's first cut. <laughs> Hours passed. The class began to arrive. The pale members of Mr. Gray were dealt out to one and to another and received without remark. Richardson tasted at last the joys of heaven. Such a head. Such a head, Mr. McFarlane. The superorbital cavity, the cerebral... The pleasure is mine, Richardson. Entirely mine. On the third day... A dreadful process of disguise was complete. I had outlived my terrors and forgotten my baseness. But the supply of subjects never met the demand. Richardson and all his tribe were insatiable. And so, at last, it came to the point that McFarlane and I must turn resurrection men ourselves. Like vultures on a dying lamb, we came down in rain and darkness on a coffin in the lonely rustic graveyard of Glencourse. The old wife of a farmer who'd been known for nothing but good butter and a godly conversation was to be rooted from her grave at midnight and carried dead and naked to that faraway city she had always honored with her Sunday best. The place beside her family was to be empty till the crack of doom. Her innocent and venerable body to be exposed 
to the last curiosity of the anatomist. She's heavy for... McFarlane, what is it now? This is... This is not the body of a woman. Superstitious fool. Feel it, you can... T- Staring up from the coffin, his coal black eyes fixed on us like a knife in a wound, lay the one face that we now knew could never decompose or be disposed of. The face that would henceforth belong to any corpse we should ever encounter. The mocking face of the dead and long dissected Grey. Thank <laughs> you. 